Hi, Hi sunshine. sunshine. I'm Jazz. And I'm Jen. Hi, guys. Welcome back. We are actually back. Uh, Jen followed through and has a story for us. So here we are. Hi, guys. Yes. So I have one that is based on one of my travels. I actually got the idea from my boyfriend's dad. He was like, you know, you should do one about, you know, based in Colorado because we went there for, um, like, the summer vacation. And I'm like, that's a good idea. So today's story takes place at uh, Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. So I'm going to be telling you about a four-year-old boy's disappearance out in the wilderness that left everyone mystified. To this day, there is no resolution about what happened to little Alfred. Oh, not Alfred. I know. This little guy's only four years old. Oh, sweet baby. I know. This case happened in Rocky Mountain National Park, like I just mentioned. So let me set the scene because this park is gorgeous. Um, and it would help to have some context if you haven't been to Rocky Mountain National Park. So and you're not as cool as I am. <laughs> um, so I'll save the little bit for the end so as not to derail the story. Just about like, you know, summer vacay stuff. But um, during this time of year, so I went during summer, which is when this story, when this case happened, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I remember there was a lot of wildlife. We saw moose. We saw giant elk. There were, like, little animals scurrying around everywhere. Um, Pine trees all over. They were covering whole mountainsides at times. Streams, rivers, lakes, waterfalls. And it was just, it was just beautiful. Yeah, it sounds gorgeous. Yeah. And it was pretty chilly, even though it was summertime. And, um, you know, the sun was bright, but when he got up, to the mountains, you know, the altitude change just made everything really cold. Mm-hmm. So with that image in mind, let's get started. So it was a bright sunny day on Sunday, July 3rd, 1938. William Eels, who worked at a radio appliance store in Denver and his wife, were spending their day off hiking in Rocky Mountain National Park. They had made it up pretty far up the old Fall River Road. It was a bit of a strenuous hike, so on this road they got tired and they decided to sit down for a moment to rest. So they were resting at around 1 p.m. when they heard this shrieking sound. And so William got out his binoculars and he looked up and um, up above them was Mount Chapin and he was shocked to see this little boy sitting on a rock. He was looking up on this mountainside and that section is called Devil's Nest. And they were thinking, well, what's a little boy doing up there? Like that, that makes no sense and it's super dangerous. So they saw him up there on that ledge and kind of as soon as they saw him, he was pulled back. Or at least that's that's what it appeared like to them. So who or what pulled him back is unknown. Is it like, are there 
like were there bushes behind him like how would they not like, how would they see him but not what pulled him back i think it was partially obscured oh got it okay yeah so so i think i mean he had his binoculars but it didn't seem like they had a super clear view um so they you know obviously after seeing something like this they had this feeling that just something wasn't right so they decided to hike to the point where they could kind of see him better and to make sure he was safe Mm-hmm. But when they reached the boulder, he had vanished. So. Weird. Mm-hmm. So this couple made their way back to the parking the parking lot where their car was. So they were in their car. They were in their car. And they heard that there was a missing boy. And they had a hard time believing a boy, especially that young, the one that they saw uh, at the devil's nest point, could be alone because what it sounded like is this boy went missing like you know he separated from his family and so they decided this boy had to be accompanied by someone to get up to that point so with this rationale they just they just left they decided okay that can't be the missing boy like you know and so they go home and later when they're browsing a newspaper they just feel this dread set in because they're seeing the picture of the boy and the picture is the one of that little boy that they saw and it's Alfred. Oh no. Yeah. And so they drove back as fast as they could to the park and contacted the rangers. So now we're going to jump back. We're going to jump back to July 2nd. So the Bailhart's family was on a 4th of July weekend camping trip um, in Rocky Mountain National Park. They were excited to get out and be in nature with their 10 kids and some close friends. Oh my god. (laughs) Um, That's a lot of kids. This was 1938 for context. When they had nothing better to do. (laughs) (laughs) The Bailhart's and their friends set up camp roughly a quarter mile west of Fall River Lodge. It was located just south of the west exit of the current Lawn Lake Trailhead parking lot, and the camping party was located near where the Roaring and Fall Rivers met, just below Horseshoe Falls, in case any of you know any of those (laughs) points. Uh, They were going to do some fishing in Estes Park that day, and were hiking along a trail close to the creek by the name of Roaring River at around 8 a.m. With such a big group, the family decided to form a line during this hike. Little four-year-old Alfred was trailing back. His parents looked back during this peaceful hike along the river, only to realize that he had fallen behind and now he was nowhere to be seen. Well, that's scary. Yeah, so it's this very visceral fear that, you know, your child is missing and could possibly be hurt. So the family and friends just got right into action. They started searching all over for him. And, you know, with all of them together, there were a dozen, there were over a dozen people at that campsite. And so they were convinced that they would find him quickly. I mean, he's a four-year-old boy. He can't get very far as far as, you know, they're concerned. And... As soon as he hears their voices, they know that he'll come back, you know? Wait, so nobody saw anything? Like, I mean, there's so many of them. 
No. Weird. Yeah. It is really strange because you'd think, you know, something would be heard. So that's why I think they're really convinced that at this point, they're convinced he probably just walked off. But after searching around their entire campsite and still nothing, they were at a loss, so they decided they needed help. They called the park service for assistance and reached a ranger at Fall River Ranger Station. This ranger saw the seriousness of the situation and immediately contacted the CCC, the Civilian Conser <laughs> the Civilian Conservation Corporation, a work relief program created as part of Roosevelt's New Deal to help with the search effort. So within 45 minutes, over 100 CCC members had begun to start searching the area. Um, that's good. I didn't think it moved real fast on that. Yes, it did. I know. I'm glad. Those cases that it takes forever for people to I start know, searching. I know. Those are the most frustrating ones. Oh, I know. On Monday, 4th of July, CCC and other volunteers were still on the search for little Alfred. Going back to that initial sighting by the eel couple at Devil's Nest, the rangers were suspicious because aside from being six miles from the disappearance spot, um, which is quite a distance for a four-year-old, mm -hmm. the likelihood of a small child getting all the way up the slope to Devil's Nest would have been impossible. An adult undertaking this would need ropes and special equipment. How would this little boy have done it? They did eventually send a group of over 150 men to search the area. It took them two days to reach the Devil's Nest. And after all of this, they still didn't find anything. Being crime junkies, I think all of you kind of are, or maybe not all of you, but some of you might be suspecting that eels couple, but the rangers- That's what I was thinking. I'm like, <laughs> suspicious. Their son goes missing. Oh no, no, not, that's the old couple, right? That's the couple um, that was hiking. I don't, know if they're, I don't know if they're all assuming <laughs> it just sounds like an old name. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so the Actually, eels... I was not suspecting them at all. I'm suspecting their family, the parents. Because, like, how suspicious. Their kid goes missing and nobody sees a thing. Right. Yeah, so I think at this point you're kind of looking at everybody, like, who could be involved? Yeah. But sometimes it's a case where people who call in certain things are the ones who are responsible. Right. And so I don't know if anybody out there is suspecting them, but the rangers interviewed that couple separately to ensure they weren't involved and determined they weren't, which I'm not sure how these findings were, you know. I think there wasn't anything specific about it, just that they weren't involved, according to the rangers. So the rangers had this theory that that Alfred fell into the river but his parents insisted that he couldn't have from what I know they didn't really give much of a rationale other than he would he would know better than to go near the water and their hike wasn't all that close even though it was alongside the creek it wasn't close to the river got it okay and so Alfred's parents instead were adamant that a tourist kidnapped him and despite their protest that he didn't fall in the water the rangers decided just to be safe they wanted to check 
So they created a dam of sorts by blocking off the water and diverting the river uh, the next day on July 5th. The search party used sandbags, rocks, logs, and uh, grappling hooks and pikes to search the riverbed. Despite these efforts though, nothing was found after they had emptied the riverbed. But if it's been a day, I mean, isn't that like too long? Couldn't, like, theoretically, if he did fall in the river and his, you know, body's like going downstream, like, I don't know, couldn't have already been gone from where they were cutting it off? Yeah, so that's, that's kind of one of the things that they were thinking about, but they put like, they put a wire net near the Fall River in hopes of like catching evidence and there was no evidence yeah. caught, you know, like no piece of clothing, nothing like that. Um, and then they, they also had something at the end. I don't even think it was um, the CCC or the Rangers. I think it was like a separate thing that was just the public service company had set up um, a net further down. So they would have... Because they had found, set up multiple. Yeah, they would have found something. Got it. Mm-hmm. And that's like very specific, I feel like, for the, uh, the parents to say, oh, it was a tourist. Like, yeah. were there other people out there? That was a specific wording that I got. It is kind of strange to use the word tourist instead of like hiker or something. Yeah, like, oh, it was just somebody else that was out there. It's like very specific. Like, oh, it was a tourist who kidnapped them. Yeah. And it's like, but also, if you see somebody around, wouldn't you like keep an eye on keep an eye on your kids or I don't know it just seems very specific yeah and I guess it's tricky because this is this is like prime camping season so I'm sure there are lots of people yeah like I know when I had gone there were plenty of people and yes this was 1938 but I'm sure people still like to go hiking and camping and stuff like that so I don't know if there were people in particular that they found suspicious. It just kind of sounded like they thought that there must have been some sort of abduction. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. His parents doubled down, insisting that they were certain that's, that someone had taken him. They knew their son wouldn't just leave his family, and they were skeptical that he had just fallen in the water, which, again as you were saying, a little suspicious just because he's four years old, like, as good as he is at looking at his surroundings and everything, I think a four-year-old is kind of like, tricky. Like, they're kind of clumsy, and like, like, I'm just thinking yeah. about, like, Ollie, who <laughs> is all over the place, and it could be like, he knows to stay away from things, but that has never stopped him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. By Wednesday, July 6th, the search of the river had ended. Searchers were frustrated because uh, they just, they thought the river would provide some leads. They continued to search land, and by Thursday, many uh, searchers told reporters they were convinced that he had never drowned, that he had either gone lost or was kidnapped. The searchers were convinced that if Alfred had fallen into the Roaring River, his body could not have passed all five of the beaver dams and reached the river, the Fall River. Even if it had, they said, it couldn't have passed the wire net set up by that public service company. Hmm, okay. I was referring back to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, they brought in bloodhounds from the Colorado State Prison, and the hounds detected a human set that... Hmm? I just think it's funny. What is it? They brought him from the prison. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the hounds had detected a human scent that was reportedly Alfred's. They smelled this 500 feet from where he was last seen, but when they got there, they just laid down, which was super unusual, and from what I read, they had brought in other dogs just to double check, and they had done the same thing. Needless to say, this was another fruitless effort, but... Yeah, it is, it is kind of strange because I was trying to research this and figuring out what do they normally do when they trace down a scent. And I was mostly getting... Like inf- barking, right? I feel like I've heard of the yeah, like, bark. Yeah, so, so that's what I was thinking is barking. I was mostly seeing when they catch like um, drugs and when they're looking for that. So I didn't catch anything about human scents. Yeah, I guess it kind of sounds like, well, if they're laying or down, maybe it just... It's just like, is it dead end, you know? Like, they don't yeah. have anywhere further that they're, like, smelling anything, so they just kind of... It is, yeah. So that could be it. It's really, it's really weird. The search was eventually called off ten days later. I feel like that's so hard because, like, when you're searching for a missing child, like, at what point do you decide, you know what, like, we're not going to keep looking? I just feel like that must be so tough. I would not want to be whoever makes that decision. Yeah, I would definitely not want to be that person. I mean, I feel like it's so tough for the family to be yeah. going through something like that. But yeah, for for the police or yeah, whoever is in charge of it to say, you know, our resources need to go somewhere else. This is, you know, we have to move on. It's just so hard. Mm-hmm. On July 8th, the FBI announced that it was performing forensic tests on a piece of soiled bandage that had been found in an abandoned cabin in the park. This information was only disclosed because his parents insisted that Alfred must have been abducted. He had a blister on his foot at the time he had vanished and his mother had bandaged it using a similar material. Um, So that's why they were doing the forensic testing. On the same day, A woman by the name of Mrs. Lynch, who lived in Big Spring, Nebraska, said she saw Alfred and a mysterious man walking along the highway together as she and her husband were driving from Big Spring to Ogallala. And this, I'm not sure where between Big Spring and Ogallala they were, but it's around three hours from Rocky Mountain to that area. So they're like, you know, a good ways away. So it could be feasible if whoever took him was driving. Yeah. So over coffee the next morning, Mrs. Lynch was reading the newspaper and she saw Alfred's picture and had the same realization that the eels had. That that boy that she saw with the man on the highway that she thought, this is strange, but not really noting too much about it. That's Alfred, the boy in the newspaper. So she told her brother-in-law, W.B. Lynch, and he went to speak to a Denver detective sergeant by the name of Fred Renovati two days later on behalf of his sister-in-law. And he said that she was adamant the boy was the one in the picture. 
Now, I don't know why she went to him instead of the police directly. Maybe it has something to maybe do with the time. Maybe like, connections or something. Yeah, or maybe he's part of the police force somehow. But I didn't get any specifics on that. Yeah. Unfortunately, this was like all the other possible leads. N- nothing came of it. And they weren't able to track down that man and the little, the little boy. And, and figure out if it really was Alfred. And so it's been four months and nothing had really progressed. Uh, but that changed in November of that year. So Alfred had been missing for my, five months at this point. And this month, his father was given a ransom note. It had instructions to leave $500. So that would be equivalent to $8,900 as of 2018. Probably more than $10,000 with inflation now. <laughs> yeah. So he was instructed to leave this money in a tin can uh, one block away from their home in return for the safe return of their missing son in 24 hours. And added the cryptic note, the boy doesn't take to us. Weird. Yeah. Super strange. This was five months later, by the way. Now that potentially old couple sounding real suspicious. <laughs> yeah, so the 29th of the month um, the police were fairly certain or, I'm sorry, by the 29th of this month, the police were certain that this was not real. Um, and this belief was pretty much solidified when a police announcement a day later was saying that um, they had investigated two possible suspects who were accused of attempting to extort money from the family. The suspects were not named and were allegedly not being held, but that's the only information that was ever given about the ransom situation. And the ransom note was never confirmed to not have been a hoax. So, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense because like, um, there were pictures of Alfred like all over the newspaper and he was all over the radio and so I could see somebody you know seeing that as an opportunity yeah yeah it's just the worst when people pe- suck people take advantage of families that are grieving yeah I feel like it just happens pretty often mm-hmm So, despite the sighting on the highway, despite the ransom note, with all of these possible leads, Alfred was never found. And it's decades later and there's still nothing to suggest that Alfred was, you know, stayed alive or was killed. Yeah. Um, So, a few things. There were similar cases. Um, So the devil's nest where they had found him. So usually, I feel like I'm doing that thing where I kind of try to say something and then I'm getting ahead of myself. For these places called devil's nest, devil's cave, devil's anything, they're usually because they're kind of dangerous spots in these national parks. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because of their dangerous nature or who knows, but, um, kids tend to go 
missing around there or have these like strange occurrences in these type of places that have devils something in the title and so it's just interesting that alfred's story has that same yeah has this pattern in it too and it's not like he went missing there it's just he was spotted there yeah and i mean there's a lot i mean people could you guys could dive deep into this and go and on i was a, actually gonna ask you because knowing you you went on the reddit thread <laughs> i did i did um and you know there are conspiracy theories people are like the eels you know they they probably saw like a bird or something and it wasn't really it wasn't really alfred I mean, a bird and a child, they look very different. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, I have a hard time believing that because I don't know, like, how do you get that mixed up? Yeah. <laughs> that, that is the strange disappearance of Alfred Bailhearts. That's insane. I wonder what, like, happened to him. I feel like it's one of those things where somebody out there, like, must have an answer somebody must know something it's just like how especially if it's during a busy time where there are a lot of people hiking like i just can't believe yeah. that nobody saw anything and granted yeah information didn't go around as quickly as it does now and i mean part of the reason why i had such a hard time finding information about this case was because you know it took place so long ago yeah but but yeah i think you're right somebody had to have had seen something i don't know yeah like i'm wondering if it's just one of those like somebody maybe saw something and like noted you know something that was off but they like didn't like look mm. at the newspaper or whatever yeah. so they never caught the story and didn't yeah they don't know that they know something i do think about that devil's nest sighting a lot just because it just doesn't make sense. Like, he's being kidnapped, and they take him up to this high point. I mean, maybe to hide or something, but it's just really, really strange. Yeah, like, I guess if, you know, he was spotted, like, three hours away, why wouldn't they just go straight to the car and leave? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. It's really weird. Maybe it was like he was running away, like Alfred was running away because he was scared, and that's just like where they ended up, and that's why yeah. he got pulled back because he was caught. He had to be taken. He probably like you know on somebody's back taken up there because it's like such it's, a yeah, rough, yeah, dangerous area. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. I hate these like we'll never know, know. you know cases, because I want to know. It makes me think of. I mean, just obviously on a bigger, more serious scale, but kind of like when something goes missing, you're like, wow, I really wish I knew where that thing was. Like, I wish I knew what happened. And, you know? Yeah, just kind of like that need for answers. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to mention the vacation in Colorado because that's what inspired this. And it's our podcast, so we can just talk we can about do whatever we'd we like. Want. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, we were all over Colorado, but then, um, Rocky Mountain National Park, we were there for, I think we did like a day trip there and S's Park where it's like a cute little town right by it. And it's 
it's um, really cool because the Shining, like the hotel that the Shining is oh. based on, is right there in that oh, that's little cool. town. Yeah. And then the town itself is like adorable. There's like this little bookstore and these candy shops and cute restaurants. Anyway, it's a really nice place. I think everybody should go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have some recs. Okay. Let's hear them. Okay. My sister and I, you know, Audrey, sit, I'm telling you guys in case you guys don't know like, yeah, what Audrey is. I know is. Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we watch a show. We'll usually, you know, we'll FaceTime since she lives in Washington. And so we'll watch a show together. And so we just started American Horror Story. We started season 11. And it's kind of weird because um, it goes hand in hand with Dahmer which, you know, we both just watched recently. So it explores similar themes, and I don't know, it's just really interesting. We haven't finished it. We're just on the first few episodes, but I think it's pretty good so far. I feel like you guys always watch American Horror Story. Like, you've seen all of them, no? I think the thing is, it's a freaky show, but we love it. We just don't like to watch it alone. So we'll watch it together. Yeah, makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And I am rereading Jane Eyre. I forgot how intense it was. The beginning, you're just hit right away with, like, the main character dealing with child neglect and abuse. I'm like, oh my gosh, story. Um, But really good. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like things that are intense? Um, Yeah. Any recs? I haven't done anything. I mean, we just watched uh, Don't Worry Darling. I thought that was really good. Oh my we gosh. didn't even get a chance to talk about it. Yeah, I didn't even write down my notes because that was just last night. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was really good. I'm like, wow, plot twist. Oh my gosh, guys, this movie is insane. I wish we could like give off spoilers. but I know, we don't want to do that. But you should definitely watch it. I really liked it. Yeah. I know, I feel like Audrey was a little, like, about it you know because of the ending but I thought it was good I love when there's a good like plot twist and a cliffhanger I think she definitely liked it enough to force us all to watch it (laughs) (laughs) well she hadn't seen it yet she watched it with Wyatt she said that she hadn't she'd been wanting to watch it am I wrong Mm. I thought she said I've been wanting to watch it but um you have to pay for it until yesterday I don't know why maybe I had just assumed she watched it with what? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. All right. Anyway, it's good. You guys should watch it. Yeah. Very good. Gives off Black Mirror vibes. So, <laughs> if you guys are fans. It's one of those movies that'll keep you kind of thinking about it after. For sure. Yeah. So, that's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> all right. Anything else? Um, no. <laughs> we will... I probably, next week is so hectic, but you know, eventually we'll be back the week after next. That's Thanksgiving, but early that week. Yeah. You bet your butt. Sometime, sometime (laughs) soon. Sometime in the near future. (laughs) I know, it's just November's always so chaotic, but, but we'll be back. We swear. (laughs) We, sometimes, sometimes we're a little off on the timeline, but we always come back. (laughs) All right, well, see you guys later. (laughs) Bye for now.